welcome to the British History Podcast. If you love British history, then you are definitely in the right place. My name is Philippa and I will be taking you through British history, the people, the events, the intrigue. Some of the stories you may think you know, but you don't know them in the way I tell them. And then hopefully I will also be able to introduce you to something new too. Now this podcast is free and it always will be. But if you would like more History Lover benefits, then please consider coming and joining me over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash British History. But for now, let's get into today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome to Thursday Tea Time Live. Thank you for joining me. Um, It's the 1st of July already oh my goodness um and it's time for thursday tea time live so good morning uh, afternoon evening i know um that lots of you um uh, sorry join me from all over the world so wherever you are in the world thank you for spending your time with me um it's another thursday tea time live and um we're going to be chatting lots of history again today and i will let you know some of the things i've got going on I'm so sorry, I'm out of breath because <laughs> I got to a minute two and realised I hadn't got my cup of tea. I have just managed to make a proper brew in uh, in one minute flat. I think that's probably my most impressive feat for today. Other than doing a bit of gardening, which really isn't my thing, but um, I got bought some plants so they are now in the ground. Welcome, thank you for joining me. I'm streaming live on YouTube and Instagram, hence why my eye line changes in between, in, in flits between them. Um, but thank you also if you're joining me on the catch up later on on the podcast or on IGTV or YouTube playback. So oh, let me just get my breath back from running up the stairs to get my cup of tea. I hope you've got one as well. Um, that's my dog barking. Uh, so if you um, if you can give me a thumbs up, just let me know. Hi, Rocket Tours. Uh, ha- let me know if you can hear me okay. Um, I think you're fine on uh, Instagram. I can see people can uh, hear me if you are watching on YouTube and you can just uh, pop a comment in the chat to say hi. That would be great. Our welcome from Oslo. Is that would be with Kirsten? Kirsty? Welcome. And... Oh man, oh fantastic. Oh, we really are becoming very um, worldwide global on Thursday Tea Time Live, how absolutely fabulous. Uh, so yes, if you're watching me on IGTV, please hit that love button as much as you like. Love button, that sounds really wrong. Um, the, the, the heart that you can do. Uh, and and if you're on uh, YouTube, like I say, th- a thumbs up, a comment, or even a super chat or super sticker would be fabulous, very much appreciated. Oh, right. This week. Um, okay, so let me start actually uh, with, I can't let it go go by without mentioning that today would have been Princess Diana's 60th birthday. Um, it's uh, the 1st of July, her birthday, and uh, her sons, William and Harry, are apparently, I don't know if it's already happened, they're unveiling a statue of, uh, oh, let me just turn my mouse off, of Diana um, outside Kensington Palace today. And that is where she was uh, lived for quite a while and that's where she was living at the time of her death. So that statue will, will, will go up. I'm not sure exactly where about, so um, I'm keen to have a look at what's, uh, what's happening with that. 
um, uh, Pete in Canada, it's far too hot for tea. He's, uh, he's, he's getting something ready in the blender. Excellent. And, oh, Orlando from Brazil. Hi, welcome. Excellent. This is, this is really, really exciting. Oh, that wasn't exciting. Sorry for YouTube. I've just, let me get myself sorted back out. This is my problem with my balancing act of microphones and, uh, and such like, let me just sort that out. Sorry, everybody. That was a rather large bang. I think actually it was a bang followed by absolute silence on YouTube. So sorry about that, everyone. I am now back. Cool. So yeah, so today would have been Diana's 60th birthday and um, we're not too far off the anniversary of her of her death either. And I, 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 I mean, I'm not one for sort of, you know, remembering death dates, you know, I, if you know what I mean, it's, it always feels a bit morbid to me, but it was just before my 18th birthday that she, uh, she died. So um, I, re I remember it. I mean, I remember it really well. I think everyone remembers it really well. I don't know if you remember where you were when you heard the, the news of, uh, of, well, the car crash. And then obviously we started to get the news through that, that she hadn't survived it. And it was shocking. I'd, I think in my lifetime, uh, for, so for me, by, by that point, I'd got to 80 and I can't really remember anybody it, that had been so much part of our daily life. I, I, I suppose this was the beginning, actually, of the, the massive press coverage of people you know um celebrities but you know anyone famous was in the news all the time and diana especially so it, you know we knew or we felt like we knew her i i think um because we knew so much that was going on in her life and then to get the news that that she'd had a car crash and then um and then obviously the sad news she hadn't survived it was just a massive shock um, the outpouring of grief here, and you probably remember the images um, of Kensington Palace where her statue will be uh, revealed today. Uh, the flowers that were laid there were just phenomenal. It was like a sea of flowers. Um, and um, yeah, all very sad. But I'm looking forward to seeing her statue. I'm looking forward to seeing Harry and William together. Um, for obvious reasons we've grown up as a country we, they're not that much um, younger than me so I've sort of grown up seeing their sibling ship um, and obviously it's a it's, it's a bit strained at the moment so it'd be nice to see them together anyway so um, what else though that's what I want just wanted to pay tribute to Diana before I before I moved on um, so what else has been going on so we had um, a very interesting discussion on um, Clubhouse last night. You know, I like to update you on what we've been doing on Clubhouse, not least because it's good topics to uh, to start the ball rolling today as well. By the way, if you've got anything, um, any questions, any comments that come up for you um, from what I talk about, please do let me know. I will keep an eye on the chat. I'll just warn you, though, if I'm a little bit behind, it's because I, for some reason, see the comments about 30 seconds possibly after you've put them so I'm not ignoring you it's just that that for some reason is the delay um last Thursday you may remember I told you that the following day Friday we were having a live discussion with Kate McCaffrey and Kate is um, a curator at Hever Castle 
Um, and as part of her, um, I think it's her master's degree, she uh, did some research into one of Anne Boleyn's books of hours that they, they have two at Hever Castle. And she um, did some research into uh, the printed one. Now, if you don't know which one that is, if you have a look on my Instagram, uh, a few posts ago, you will see I've put a picture of it. So you can see which one I'm talking about. And she spent an hour with us talking about her research, talking about what it um, had, what she'd found, what she'd discovered, how many new questions that has opened up. Um, and, and so what sort of plans they've got, what she's got going forward for looking more into the book. Um, I can't remember everything she told me, uh, she told us, sorry, to um, to be very frank with you. It was, she. Was, I mean, she's found out so much, but there were four inscriptions in this Books of Hours that have since been scrubbed, they've since been deleted. Uh, but obviously they're handwritten in ink, so um, di really difficult to see with the naked eye, but she used a ultraviolet light to inspect this book. Now, why would that be of interest? Well, the a Book of Hours, which is a religious book that, um, that a very personal item that someone would keep with them, and it would literally be the prayers for that, that day. That So people used it also to note down other events, births, things like that. Um, and Anne used hers and we know she inscribed in hers. Uh, we know Margaret Beaufort had one and wrote down the birth date of Arthur. She wrote down the birth date of Henry but on the wrong day and had to change it by the way, which is quite amusing. Um, and this Books of Hours, uh, this, this printed version of the Books of Hours that, that belonged to Anne Boleyn, which Kate McCaffrey looked at, had four extra inscriptions in them. And the inscriptions, like I say, they're, they're personal because these are personal items, but it gives a clue as to the provenance of the book, where it came from and who it went to afterwards. Because if you remember Anne Boleyn, um, if Henry had had his way completely, would have been scrubbed from the records the from from the, from I mean he couldn't do it completely obviously there was a daughter involved but I suppose if Elizabeth hadn't survived oh I mean there's a train of thought if Elizabeth hadn't survived would we know much about Anne or is it because Anne's daughter Elizabeth ends up on the throne that we we uh we that Anne could not be successfully scrubbed however her personal items you would think that none would be allowed to survive, but this books of our, book, these books of ours were given to trusted people for safekeeping and and then uh, moved on and, 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 and given on. Hence why these inscriptions from other people who've owned the book are so important and um, insightful as to who might have owned the book. Hello, Celia in Brazil. Welcome. Good morning. Um, just trying to work out where in the world you are, um, and so the whole the whole conversation was was so interesting. Um, 
I wanted to know what language um, the inscriptions were because, of course, people use Latin at certain times and moved on more onto English and th these inscriptions uh, were in, in English. Um, welcome everyone who's joining. Nice to see you here. It's this Thursday Tea Time Live, so thank you for joining me and thank you for joining me again if you are on the catch-up as well. Um, so, yeah, so Kate spoke to us about this book about the inscription she's found in it, about every every other question that then throws up because there are gaps in um, in in knowing where the book was at particular times. How has it survived five hundred years? You know, I mean, you can imagine that a, something of a personal nature entrusted to somebody who knew the person who's died would survive for a time because it's important still to the person living to remember, to honour some, some promise they've made to someone. As time goes on, that's a bit more difficult. The other thing to mention about Books of Hours was that where they were passed down, that was how, this, this wasn't unusual that this book had been passed forward or passed on and then passed on again. Um, and this was quite typical of, of uh, a book of hours and in, and generally down a female line as well. Um, so, yeah, really fascinating. This um, printed version, as I say, and if you want to see which one I'm talking about, um, check out my Instagram because there's a post, just a couple of posts back with the book of hours that I'm talking about on there. Um, it was, like I say, it was a printed version. I mean, not like, printed like we we know but a, a printed version so there were there were more copies around and indeed apparently Catherine of Aragon also owned the the same um book not not the same copy which I kind of got myself confused when, when Kate was speaking I thought gosh that would be a that would be a link wouldn't it um but no the same you know uh, the same book not the same copy of the same book so that was really interesting. Um, if you are on Clubhouse, please we've, do come and join us um, when we're on. We do have standard set rooms um, and we're adding to them all the time. The team is growing. So we've got the core, which is myself, Sarah Morris of the Tudor Travel Guide, Kat Marchant from Reading the Past on YouTube and Catherine Brooks, who is the Tudor Tracker. Um, and we've now been joined by uh, Deb Royal, who comes in with myself and Sarah to do uh, Travelling Tudor Britain on a Sunday. That's always at four o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday. Um, we have Phil Downing, who is, uh, who he's the, he's Tudor Tours on Instagram. Uh, and he's a house manager at a fantastic place called Harvington Hall, which is very close to me. Famous for having the... Uh, is it the most priest hides um, in a Tudor, I presume a surviving Tudor building, because obviously if they've gone, we don't know how many they had. Uh, and he joins us for the History After Dark room, which I'll come back to in a short while. Uh, Gail Hume de, from British Sovereigns and Royals, she does a Thursday evening uh, room, so today at seven o'clock, and in fact today she will indeed be talking about Diana, Princess of Wales, and we also have Heather Darcy, um, who uh, we, we're going to, to speak to her on one of our core rooms as well soon. But she does, um, uh, oh gosh, what's her room called? It's it's about reading um, 
documents and and she's 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 in america so any of you over that side you'll be pleased to know there's there's a room that's a little bit more aligned to your time i think it's something like 3 a.m on a saturday morning here so a friday evening heather darcy does a room as well so um if you come onto clubhouse follow me at philippa b and then if you scroll right to the bottom of my profile you will see the first two clubs on my profile are the history and culture club and the Tudor History Club. And those are the two clubs within which all of these rooms that I'm talking about operate. So we have some pure Tudor and then we have some much wider history and culture rooms. The um, Travelling Tudor Britain room is always in the Tudor History Club. And that is, like I say, on a Sunday at four o'clock. And last Sunday, uh, Sarah and uh, Deb, Uh, I moderated because I hadn't been to the places that we were talking about, which were The Vine and Basinghouse. Uh, Yeah, Basinghouse. Um, Because what we're doing is we're doing our own little summer progress. So we are going on a little summer progress. We're coming out of London and we're going south and then we're making our way up and round to... Okay. Uh, we're making our way up and round to uh, up on the southwest. So, um, right, apologies, everyone on YouTube. I've just been told that my sound has only just come on. <laughs> That's okay. I've only done 16 minutes. Uh, so, let's do a quick, 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 quick recap. Hello, welcome, everyone on YouTube. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being patient and waiting for me to actually say something. Uh, I have just been speaking about today would have been the 60th birthday of Diana, Princess of Wales and her sons, William and Harry, are back together just for today, I think, uh, to unveil a statue of her at her uh, previous home, Kensington Palace in London. So looking forward to seeing um, that statue and and where it is and seeing the boys together um, for a short while at least. Um, And I've been talking about what we've been... uh, doing on Clubhouse. So, uh, yes, yeah, so Kate McCaffrey has been talking to us about Anne Boleyn's Book of Hours and we, uh, we've we been travelling to the Britain to the Vine and Basing House. There's a very quick catch up. <laughs> now, the Vine and Basing House are down in the south. So this was our first stop on our summer, our summer progress. So this isn't actually following any particular monarch's uh, summer progress, although a lot of the places that we go um, probably all of them-ish in the end will be ones which monarchs used to go to during their summer progresses, which were ostensibly to go out into the country and see uh, other people, I suppose, that you know, their dominion. Although they didn't generally go that far north. Uh, anyway, so, but we're, we're sticking around in the south for this particular one. And the Vine and Basing House... Um, the vine is, uh, the vine, um, see, I haven't been to either of these places. I am going to be going and I was a bit more interested actually now that, uh, Sarah and Deb have told us more about it. Um, the, both the vine and Basinghouse were huge. They were apparently on the scale of a Hampton Court palace. Basinghouse though, um, 
uh, I think it was that one. Yes, burnt to the ground. So there's very well, none of it left. There's foundations you can go and see. Um, and the vine, there's um, there's there's a house there, but what the the Tudors would have um, recognised is much smaller. Although what is there is is really quite interesting. So um, the uh, linen fold panelling is original. There are um, uh, bosses of and actually I don't know if they're bosses or carvings of the badges of you know the important families of the day so in the same room you've got that Henry would have visited with Anne Boleyn you've still got Catherine of Aragon's pomegranate up on the wall you've still got Thomas Wolsey's arms so this is a really interesting place to go the second stop on our summer progress is going to be Winchester so Deb it's going to be just myself and Deb on uh, Sunday and we're talking about Winchester um, let me know if you've been to Winchester or if it's somewhere that you um, would like to go. It is, um, it's, it's got the cathedral and the cathedral at Winchester um, is where uh, Mary I married Philip uh, II of Spain. Uh, what an uneven match there. She was, I think she was she thought she'd got to the point where she'd got her Prince Charming and she was about to have a family. And I do believe that's what she really wanted. Of course, it went uh, horribly wrong. Um, and Philip just was not as keen on the marriage as Mary anyway. And then Mary had uh, her false pregnancies and um, just terrible time. But the cathedral, uh, so we'll be virtually doing a virtual visit to the cathedral. Winchester Great Hall still exists, and that was the Great Hall of Winchester uh, uh, Palace. I think it was a palace, it wasn't castle. Um, and this is where Arthur Tudor was born. It's also where the round table, the famous round table is, um, perched on the wall, hung up on the wall. And it's... Uh, so this is the legend, this is the round table linked to the legend of King Arthur. Now, when the Tudors came to the throne under Henry VII, the, they, they, the, the need to uh, show an ancient link was strong, okay? It didn't really matter whether that was to legend or or real figures and and, and the art the, the King Arthur the Arthurian legend was strong anyway um, it wasn't like it was considered a, a legend actually so this is the reason that Henry the seventh had his wife Elizabeth of York go to Winchester in order to give birth and then call their son Arthur this is all in order to give these strong indications these links to um to strong monarchs or you know leaders of the past in the country but yeah so this round table is there it was repainted in henry VIII's time that it hence why again if you have a look on my instagram actually i, I shared a picture of this the other day um hence why it is green and white which are the colors of the tudors and uh, you won't be able to tell from the photograph I took, uh, sorry, from the photograph that I've shared. I don't think I managed to get a close-up uh, or I don't think I've posted that. But at the top uh, is uh, is a figure and um, 
supposedly, I suppose, I don't know if it's supposed to be Arthur, I presume it's supposed to be Arthur, but looking very much like Henry VIII. And it was repainted um, on the orders of Henry VIII before a uh, visit from, I think it was Francis I. Um, it was either Francis or um, or Charles V. Anyway, so the, 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 the uh, that's there. Um, the Great Hall is practically the only bit of the palace that, that has um, has survived. Oh. Right. So anyway, if you can join us for that, that would be great. Um, that would be Sunday. So Sunday, four o'clock is a standard time for us. Um, tomorrow, so every Friday at five o'clock, we have our history half hour. And our history half hours, I'll warn you now, if you do join us for them, um, don't be surprised if they become a history three quarters of an hour or indeed on uh well monday was a special day because kate was with us so that was an hour but sometimes they are going going a little bit um longer because people are coming up and asking questions now and contributing which is absolutely fabulous by the way though if you want to come in listen and not say anything that is also absolutely fine um but tomorrow should be funny so tomorrow um we are discussing british quirks so these things that us Brits do that are quite amusing to everybody else. Um, we, I mean, we're going to try and think of them, but please do. <laughs> I mean, you might want to pop them in the comments now, but please come along and, and share yours as well. What, you know, what do us Brits do? I, because some of the cliches are absolutely true. Um, whatever is going on, whatever tragedy whatever bad luck awful event is happening we will make a cup of tea that is that is standard it is absolutely standard um you go and tell a friend i don't know some bad news or she comes and tells you some bad news or he comes and says something and it will be i'll pop the kettle on definitely definitely um oh ali says they love it when the when the uh rooms go longer Excellent, thank you, Ali. We'd love to discuss more Mary Queen of Scots. Oh, why Mary Queen of Scots never met Elizabeth? That's a good. That'll be a good topic for one. Of course, that's what we believe. Uh, uh, there's no evidence that they ever met. Um, although, as uh, I think it was Leslie Smith reminds me, and I'll, I'll come on to talk about Leslie Smith a bit more in a moment. Um, until a document turns up that tells us they did, we will continue to assume that they didn't, but it's not to say we, we know everything, of course. Um, but yes, yeah, so tomorrow night, five o'clock, British quirk. So yeah, like we go and make a cup of tea. We say sorry if someone bumps into us. Um, what else do we do? We do we do lots of odd things, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Um, and Ali saying, why has why did her son, Mary Queen of Scots, never rescue or write to her? Yes. And then, of course, though, when he was, uh, when he became King of England, he moved her body from Peterborough Cathedral down to Westminster Abbey as well. So, uh, yeah, great, great suggestions, Ali. Um, I think we would love to discuss those on Clubhouse. Um, what else have we been discussing? Um 
Oh yeah, sorry, Mondays wasn't um, Kate's, that was last Friday's, wasn't it? I said that before. Uh, Mondays, we t Mondays room, we talked about uh, Henry VIII and Anne of Cleves because 28th of June, Henry VIII's birthday. Also now a date, thanks to he um, research by Heather Darcy, who I mentioned before, who's uh, doing a room in our History and Culture Club. Um, also now, possibly, uh, it, it, well, in, in Heather's mind, most probably, most likely, the date of Anne of Cleves' birthday, at birth as well. So that was um, that was a, an interesting room, and we we talked about Henry and Anne's um, relationship. We talked about mm, what else did we talk about? Ali, Ali can help me out here. She was there. Um, whether or not birthdays, whether or not birthdays were actually much of a celebration, because one of the thoughts we had was if they had a joint birthday, would that not have come up a bit more? Would we not have sort of heard mention of joint celebrations? And and that moved on to topics of well, would Henry actually ever share his birthday with anybody? <laughs> well, it's all about me. Um, or uh, did they celebrate birthdays that much? Um, and this kind of thing. So um, it was a, it was a really. This is the thing with our. Uh, it's a bit like this, with our um, clubhouse topics. You know, we do stick to a overall uh, area of interest, but we can move around uh, in that as well and go and explore things that come up as a result. Um, so that was really fun. Then uh, I mentioned the history after dark room. So last night, so history after dark is the room where. We discuss things that um, that aren't necessarily those topics that we discuss in polite conversation. So uh, next week, for interest, uh, for example, is um, <laughs> this is not my title. Favorite murders, <laughs> bit of an oxymoron. Um, uh, Kat Marchant, who does read in the past, is really uh, interested in true life, uh, true crime, and. Um, so we're going to be discussing murders uh, next week. Um, and last night, last night we discussed the history of pornography. And I discovered, so, so in doing some uh, research ready for the room, uh, 28,000 year old cave paintings in the very north of Australia. Um, I'll come back to that. And a Renaissance uh, book, with engravings, or well, yeah, the engravings were made obviously um, in order to print the book, and with accompanying poems, all eroticism uh, cloaked in some kind of classical, you know, mythology and things like this. Very interesting, but which shows it's got a very long uh, history. But then again, why wouldn't it? Humans have got a long history, and I'm pretty sure humans have always been interested. Um, However, what I would say is the Aboriginal artwork was mixed in with uh, other, you know, activities that, that were important to, to the human beings who were living there. Hunting, for instance. Um, so to me, I was like, well, I don't really think actually that's pornography because it's just more, it could just be depicting life. <laughs> it's an important part of life. We wouldn't be here without it, without uh, sex. So, anyway, that's um, if you if you uh, want to get some into some really 
interesting topics, join us for History After Dark, and that's always at 8.15 on a Wednesday night. So I know a few of you join and it's uh, it's about lunchtime uh, and you have to put your earplugs in and sit and pretend to work while we're discussing things like, yeah, murders, <laughs> the history of porn. What else have we done? Toilets. You know, when I, sp- I spoke to you a while ago about the borderloos, um, which should have a French accent on there. Where I, how I say, how I say it sounds like it's a toilet on a border, but <laughs> borderloo looks like a gravy boat. Anyway, we've done that discussion before. Um, so that, so it's anyway, it's all very fun. But like I say, so we've got these rooms. They're on at a set time each week. So please just come and join us if you want um, to come onto Clubhouse and you're not on already. Have a look on my Instagram, um, on my uh, bio. And follow the link there and you will find a link to join uh, join Clubhouse. Um, so thank you everyone who's been joining us afresh while we've been talking. So this is Thursday Tea Time Live um, where I just meander through some history chat and you're quite welcome to pop a comment uh, in and say hi um, and 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 I don't know, drop me a topic in as well if you want me to discuss it. Ali has been suggesting for uh, for Clubhouse, and in fact, Ali, your suggestions from last week as well um, are now in to schedule rooms for, so thank you for those. Um, and Ali's just mentioned uh, Mary Queen of Scots and Elizabeth I. I have to say, Mary Queen of Scots is such a... Uh, whenever we talk about Mary Queen of Scots, we could just talk for hours and hours about about her her life was incredibly interesting and then and and tragic and um eventful um and when you then put into the mix that she was contemporary and and her life intertwined with that of elizabeth the first uh it just is like i say we could just talk for hours and hours and hours and this um uh, links actually quite nicely segue into where I was last Friday. Now every Friday I'm trying to get out and about. Um, for reasons of security, I don't tell you beforehand where I'm going, um, but I can always tell you in retrospect. So last Friday uh, I was at Tutbury Castle, and this is uh, where I mentioned Leslie Smith. Uh, Leslie Smith is the curator at Tutbury Castle, and. Tutbury, it's, um, I mean, it comes under a county called Staffordshire, but um, anyway, I won't go into our odd, how our, our counties are oddly shaped, but it's it's more in the East Midlands, so around your Derby-Burton area. And it's around about as far away from the sea as you could possibly get. It's not the exact spot, that's just down the road, but um, it's basically as far away from the sea as you could possibly get in any of uh, in England, hence why it was one of the reasons it was chosen as a prison for Mary Queen of Scots. And she was held there for on four occasions and it is at Tutbury where finally they said um, to her, or it became clear to her, I think she probably stated to her, you are no longer sort of a guest of the Queen, you are now her captive, you are a prisoner. And when she first went to Tutbury, she was in the royal apartments there. It's an incredibly significant castle, Tutbury. Less well known because Cromwell did a really good job on it. 
This is uh, Oliver Cromwell. Uh, and it was, um, yeah, ruined. And then over time, obviously, once once the castles were ruined, if they were then not inhabited um, or, or used for anything else, they then went into further decline, decay. The, you know, the, the, the materials there would be used for, for other buildings, etc. So it, um, it, it was the the starting point for a lot of uh, decline. But anyway, so Tutbury Castle, um, four times Mary Queen of Scots was held there, um, initially held in the Royal uh, Apartments, but she, Mary did things that look like they were unwise. And this might be because, uh, well, there's probably lots of reasons. One, most of us would probably just Put our head down except you know try not to make any situations worse uh, and also we're looking at it in retrospect so we know what eventually happened but Mary would do things like give alms to um, to the poor in 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 Tutbury this was the monarch's job this was the, the you know this was something the monarch would do she wasn't the Queen of England she was the captured deposed Queen of Scotland she had a throne set up in the, th in the, 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 the throne room or um, sort of the equivalent of a great hall um, at Tutbury. So she did things that sound like they were just poking the hornet's nest, really. Um, and eventually she wasn't kept in the royal apartments anymore. She was moved to um, buildings along the side uh, along the curtain wall, sorry, of, of, of the castle. These were cold, they were damp. There's um, uh, records of, um, I think it might be a letter from her saying that they are cleaning the mould off uh, the furniture every day. Um, she was next to the cesspit. She, um, the, the idea being to break her will. Elizabeth might not wanted to have killed Mary, but that's not to say she didn't want her dead. And so her living conditions were horrendous. Her priest was, um, uh, so I've just seen somebody <laughs> send me a message to uh, change something on one of my videos. Um, her priest was hung outside her window. Uh, really, really horrendous things. Um, my personal view, Ali, although I would love to go into this uh, in much more detail uh, with other people who, who, who uh, might have uh, different opinions, is that Elizabeth didn't meet Mary, assuming that she actually didn't, and it's not that we haven't discovered that they actually did. Um, I think she didn't meet Mary because she didn't want to humanise her. Do you know what I mean by that? So she didn't want her to be human. It's much easier to deal with a problem, even if that's a person, if you can dehumanise them, if you can keep them at arm's length, if you can make them a more abstract uh, thing than a real life person. There's other reasons as well, possibly. Was she going to be more beautiful than her? Was she going to be taller? They were both tall women. 
Um, yeah, so it's it's an interesting one and uh, we'll we'll do that one on Clubhouse. I think that would be really, really interesting. So yeah, so my visit to Tutbury last week, it was raining <laughs> for quite a lot of it. Um, I took some photographs again. If you have a look on Instagram, they're, they're on there. Um, and if you've ever seen a picture of Tutbury, there's a, the gatehouse. Um, there are two surviving buildings. Well, they're, they're joined, but they, you can see how they're uh, separate. There's um, another ruin. There's the curtain wall and, and various towers. And then there's a folly um, on the Mott. So this was a Mott and Bailey castle originally after the Norman Conquest, but probably on the site of a previous Roman settlement. And the Romans probably settled there but it had already been used as well in the uh, in the Iron Age, and um, so for a very very long time, the the place where Tutbury Castle is had been used by by humans, um, and and yet so you've got you've got uh, the Mott, sorry, and and the Bailey. The Mott would be where the keep would be. It's the highest point, and um, none of the keep survives. So. Uh, I can't remember who um, Leslie said owned the castle at the time, but they had a, um, a a folly built at the top. So it looks like there's another ruined tower, but it is false. It's a folly. Um, thank you, everyone who's joining. Welcome. So we're 40 minutes in, or if you were on YouTube, probably 20 minutes into actually being able to hear me. I'm ever so sorry about that. Um, me and my sound issues again. Um, so... Keep an eye out tomorrow on my Instagram because I am off on my travels again. Uh, like I say, I keep it uh, on the down low as to where I'm going until uh, until after I, I come back for uh, obvious safety reasons. Um, but you'll like this one, I think. Um, I'm, it's, I'm actually doing it um, for a virtual tour for Cassidy Cash, who is a Shakespeare um, blogger. Um, you can check her out at CassidyCash.com and she has a membership group so I occasionally because she's over in America I go to a location for her that's uh, mentioned in uh, a Shakespeare play or something to do with Shakespeare himself and uh, or a character out of a play and I go and uh, do a bit of investigation and uh, do a little bit of a virtual tour so I'm doing one of those tomorrow so keep an eye out and I will share with you where um, where I am tomorrow um, and then the next I mean over the next few weeks as well I there's I've got so much stuff that I want to try and get in <laughs> there's quite, exhibitions have begun to open up now again which is which is really uh, exciting you've got glory and gold at Hampton Court Palace um, last year was the anniversary of the Field of Cloth of Gold. Uh, would have been a five, 500 year anniversary. Um, but of course that couldn't go ahead. And all that work, all the work that is put into these um, events. And of course the anniversary went by and we couldn't do the, uh, the or they couldn't do the events. So they have put on this year um, still uh, an exhibition about the Field of Cloth of Gold uh, called Glory and Gold and uh, and it's on I think till uh, oh that's messed up kind of sorry until is it the start of September or mid-August I can't remember either way I need to get there 
ASAP. Um, so I'll be going there in the next few weeks. Um, I'll let you know about that. Um, oh, where's the other place? Oh, there's loads, there's loads of places I want to go to. British Museum have got some really interesting um, exhibitions on as well. They've got one on Thomas Beckett, uh, St. Thomas Beckett. Uh, who was, of course, murdered on the altar steps at Canterbury Cathedral. Um, and they've got one on Nero, which is is obviously the Roman emperor, but I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm still going to try and get to that because uh, I, I, love, um, I love Roman history as well. Um, and of course, it is inextricably linked to British history, with having them um, occupy here for around 350 years. Uh, I, yeah, we still have Roman remains. Um, lots. I mean, it's, there's there's ones that sound that obvious that we know about. You know, your Roman baths. A lot of what's above ground is Victorian, but um, we have that. Um, but there's a there's a few places as well. Obviously, Hadrian's Wall uh, up north, and uh, nearer to me, Roxeter, um, which was the fourth largest city. Well, fourth, yeah, fourth largest city in Roman Britain. And it's, I think about this because of the way we, um, we're a small island, we're always building. If any of you have come over here or you live here, we're always building. <laughs> if you go into London, you won't get a photograph of a skyline without cranes in it, because someone's always building. And part of me worries because we're in, there's only, there's a finite amount of space. However, then I think about some of the places that are now in the middle of nowhere, as in, as in this countryside to be seen, you know, all around places like um, Roxeter that are now not populated. Um, they're on the top of a hill and you can see, you know, fields and forests for as far as the eye can see. And we just, we change the, 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 the landscape around us from what, how we're living, how society is set up. Um, I spoke a little bit about this uh, the other week when I was talking about my interview with Katie Wignall, who's written a book called Abandoned London. And, and the, the images in there, there's 200 images of London, uh, places in London that have, have been abandoned, hence the name of the book. Um, and it's one of the stories that it tells overall, each individual place has a story, but overall is how humans impact on our landscape and how it changes. So, you know, in, especially in the terms of abandoned, in, in, if you think about abandoned places, these were places that were used, they were busy, they were important, and then they're not used anymore because for some reason they've fell out of use or favour or, or whatever. Um, anyway, I don't quite sure how I got onto that. Romans, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, and exhibitions. So yeah, so I've got a few places I'm going to be going to over the next few weeks. Like I say, Golden Glory, Ludlow, I will also be visiting. I've spoken to you about Ludlow lots before <laughs> with the, the castle where Arthur Tudor died. Uh, but I mean, that's like one of the thing, many, many things that happened there that are important. Um, and then um, Arthur's heart is buried in St Lawrence's Church there um, and Ludlow town itself is um, really uh, well-known um, 
for its food. So I'm hoping to partake in some food, uh, lots of food actually, um, and have a walk around. And so I might bring you some 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 photos from around Ludlow as well. Mm. <clears throat> I'm starting to lose my voice. Um, I think that's probably about it. The only other thing I was going to say, I'm um, starting to, uh, yeah, well, basically I'm going to be taking August off doing Thursday tea time lives for the very simple reason that I will be in a camping field uh, without much signal. But look what I've got to take with me. I can't remember I've shown you this already. Now, you know what I'm like with big books. Usually they are consigned to Audible. Um, but this is a book on Queen, sorry, on Queen Anne, uh, the final Stuart um, monarch. And it was under the reign of Queen Anne that things like St Paul's Cathedral was complete, were completed. The Act of Union came into, uh, came into being. And um, she's, the, you know, there's recently been the film about her and, um, with the, the storyline with Sarah Churchill and uh anyway so I, she's but she's a monarch that i don't know as much about and cat marchant when we were in clubhouse the other day mentioned about anne and mentioned that um it was during her reign that the sort of birth of party politics um happened and she raised concerns over that i think she's probably looking down from somewhere going yeah told you so um because her concerns were around well if one party says that this is good the other party is only ever going to say no it's not we need to do something else and how are you ever going to get that mature combined uh, common sense approach if the starting point has to be uh, whatever he said I don't agree with you know <laughs> so so I am I'm really looking forward to delving into Anne's character a bit more and, uh, and learning more about her opinions on politics um, and her concerns over the party political system. And what's also interesting about that is we're talking um, 300 years ago. So if that was the birth of party politics, is this just a transitional arrangement? Um, and, uh, and, and, and where will it go next? Uh, everything's transitional in human history, isn't it? Everything always changes. Um, everything always changes at the same time as there being nothing new under the sun. I also, I also, uh, I also think that. Um, last week I mentioned that I had two videos coming out. Um, one about the Globe Theatre in London or in Southwark, in fact, so south of the River Thames to the city of London, Southwark area. The Globe Theatre burning down um, during a. Uh, a performance of Henry VIII and I've done a quick video it's a very quick one that's now available on um, YouTube uh, and also um, SOS being used it replaced um, now I might have this the wrong way around I can't remember CDQ or CQD I think CQD actually I think I've had it the right, wrong way around um, which was the distress signal given out and it was on the 1st of July so today so this is why this video is available today that it was agreed that SOS would be the new international call sign for di di distress uh, signal. And the Titanic 
um, the, the Titanic disaster was quite soon after this adoption of SOS. And what's interesting is they used both. So it shows there was this, uh, you know, transition period. Um, and I, in, in that video, there's a, a transcript which I got from um, Canada, Canada Dan on YouTube, uh, which shows that they were using both and they were using both more frantically um, as well as the uh, as events unfolded and the, the the radio operators were evidently getting more panicked and more frantic that no one was coming to help. So anyway, that's uh, they're both quite short videos this week, so they're both available now. Obviously, patrons have had those available for a while, so if you're interested in um, a British History membership, have a look on patreon.com forward slash British History. And every Thursday, uh, for three weeks out of the uh, the month, there is a new post, and depending on your tier, depends on uh, what level you get. But today, the blog is out for everybody uh, on Patreon, and it's about this medieval cartoon. Uh, it, it was on a um, 13th century tax record or tax roll, uh, and it is bizarre, really. It's like the tax collectors illustrated their tax roll for the purposes of justifying some of their actions. Um, it's it's very interesting and that's available now to all of my patrons uh, over on patreon.com forward slash British history. It's an app as well so you can um, you can download the app and then you've got you've got access to everything as well. If you join, I think if you join any tier, you also get the back catalogue of whatever your tier is um, uh, has had access to. <laughs> You'll see there's a few. It begins in the upper class, then you've got nobility, royalty, and uh, top level is the monarchy. Um, if you want uh, some sort of uh, one-on-ones with me, then you go to the monarchy level. But um, I think that's about all I had to um, mention today. Other than I'm about to start a new, um, I'm about to start a new hobby with a with an old twist. Um, and if I had more time, maybe I'd get. I should have asked you at the beginning what I what you thought my hobby. In fact, no, I'm going to keep it till next week. I'm not going to tell you until next week. You can put in the comments what you think my new hobby might be. It's a new hobby for me. It's a skill, but it's got a history twist on it. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you mull on it, put in the comments what you think it might be and I will tell you next week. Uh, I won't spoil the surprise for now. Okay, thank you ever so much for joining me everybody. Thank you for putting up with my technical issues. <laughs> oh goodness me, one day, one day I'll get it all sorted out. Uh, but until then, check out my Instagram, keep an eye um, on it for where I am tomorrow. And uh, if you're on Clubhouse, please come and find me at Philippa B and join us on our regular rooms. If you are on my newsletter list, then each Sunday I send out a newsletter with a link to all the different videos I've done, a bit of an update as to what I've been up to. And on the bottom of that is the um, Clubhouse schedule. So you'll see on there our regular room times. Um, and next week as well, I might chat to you about... Um, about tours, not in a salesy way, I'm, I'm not like that, but just in case um, 
well, just to let you know what sort of thing we do. Obviously this year, zilch, nada. Last year, nada. Nothing to do with me, something to do with COVID. Um, and uh, unfortunately, they have had to be scrapped for the rest of this year as well. Um, just with the uncertainty continuing about how many people we can get together and where they can come from. It's very, very sad, I have to say. Um, but uh, I have some really exciting things in, uh, in the pipeline for 2022. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so I'll just let you know a little bit more about that next week as well, just, uh, just out of interest. Um, not uh, not for salesy purposes, just because there might be some ideas in there as well for things you might want to do. So for now, anyway, thank you for joining me, everybody. And I will see you all next week here or in the meantime on Clubhouse or Instagram. All right, everybody. See you soon. Take care. Bye, everyone.